Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Nico. And this is Marcus. And welcome to Porch Talk. Porch Ep Talk. Episode 13. We went over a lot of different subjects. The main one, though, being warming up before your exercise, because there's a lot of misconceptions that have been thrown around through the fitness community, and I really just wanted to uh, clear the air on all of that, because it's a very, very important subject to me. Yeah, um, following up on that, we, we talked about um, stuff going on in our lives. Uh, you know, in particular, we talked about this, this activity that I had done in my entrepreneurship club the other day that was fairly impactful. Uh, if you guys apply it to your life, you'll see a lot of really great results. And along with that, we have a new Twitter and Instagram. At, on Instagram, our handle is porch underscore talk underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our handle is talk or at talk underscore porch. So without further further ado, this is episode thirteen. Marcus, brother, what's poppin', Nico? Nothing much. I was about to go to the gym before you texted me uh, the time to record this. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of kind of pissed. I'm not gonna lie. Why are you pissed? Because <laughs> I haven't done shit today, dude. Uh. And I'm like, man exercise will get me going and then you're like hey i'm free at 2 30 i'm like fuck dude i was like I'm, i was about to go to the gym right now but then I would, <laughs> it would overlap so oh, damn. It's, it's all good but this leads into a very good first topic of the day because i don't think people warm up before they exercise for the most part like about every time i've walked into a gym and i see people just come in mm -hmm. they just get right into their workout and I, and I'm looking at him, at him like, one, you're probably going to get injured easier, and two, you're not even getting the most out of your lifts. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, like, the bare minimum a warm-up should do is prevent in injury. Like, warming up it can be get so extensive to the point where you can probably get, like, 10% more out of your lifts. Okay, okay. So so the first, the first part there, I feel like, you know, most people, they might jive with that. Like, oh, you know, the idea of stretching or you know running a bit before I, I start working most people i think should understand like oh you don't want to pull a hamstring so like you got to stretch well but but the even, second part even stretching isn't good to warm up really yeah dude whoa the the best way to warm up is to well the whole reason to warm up is to get better recruitment patterns for your lifts and better recruitment patterns means that you're using the muscles you should be using for the exercises you are about to do. Okay. Like say, say you're doing a bench press, right? Mm -hmm. And you didn't warm up and you're like, man, I'm, I feel it a lot in my shoulders and my shoulders are kind of starting to hurt, you know? Well, the whole point of a, of warming up or I call it prepping. Yeah. Is to get the, those chest muscles to activate better, get the mobility in your shoulders to where it won't hurt to bench. Mm -hmm. And it will allow you to a lift more and better, but also, uh, in like gain more muscle. Okay, so because you're using the muscles in a better way. I see what you're saying. So you said it'll like you said ten percent more. You'll you'll get out of that. Yeah, some roughly ten percent. Yeah. So kind of like just keeping with that example of bench pressing and like what what kind of things would you do to your shoulders, for example, to make sure that they rotate and, and move move easier. Okay, so what I would do for the whole for for warming up just for say a bench press, right? Yeah. I would before I even get to the bench, I'll I would do something to help help retract and depress my shoulder blades 
So in, when most people say pull something like they row, yeah, they sort of shrug as they bring their back together. Mm-hmm. That isn't the way to row. You 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 need to keep your you shouldn't be shrugging. You should just be able to squeeze your shoulder blades back in together. And with when you when you're under a bench, when you're bringing it down, you're sort of shrugging your shoulders up. Yeah. And it causes that like it causes more tension on your shoulders. Oh, I see. So that's what I would do along with, say, some band, rubber band chest presses to help really in focusing on squeezing that chest. It shouldn't be like a fast movement, and you shouldn't do it to fatigue either Mm -hmm. because I feel like if I say this, people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to do like 20 sets of this to to failure. I'm going to do 20 reps. Honestly, you should. I only do probably six to eight reps for the one set and that's it mm-hmm. and then the last thing i would do is i would get a band or just a really light weight and i would just start working on rotating my shoulders outward or rotating up and down okay just to just to get the shoulders moving you know what, what, what are those called um i know flies? So, think those flies no that or... we don't i i wouldn't do a fly i would do a uh an a lateral rotation. So for those, it's probably going to be a little harder to explain on the podcast, but you're basically, you're keeping your, uh, your bicep and tricep tucked into your body and you're just rotating your forearm out away mm-hmm. from you. And it helps with gaining more mobility in your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Again, if anybody has any questions about this, don't be afraid to DM me because I did a terrible job explaining it. I can, I can show you I can show you video. Hey, and stuff hey, like don't that. discount that. that, was, that was, I think that was halfway decent, at least. <laughs> you know. But anyway, and once I get underneath the bar, I do, I act like I'm doing a bench press without any of the weight. Like I have my bar set up, I have all the weight I want to do, but then I just do th- three nice, fast, uh, bench press, bench press motions with my hands, just okay. so, just so my mind's ready. Hey, this is the movement I'm gonna be doing. And then I get into my lift. Okay. And I can tell you, once I did that, I broke my plateau of like a year and a half on bench press. I was only able to do... I was only... Before I did that, I was only able to do like a 45 and a 5 for like 5 reps. And now I'm doing a 45 and a 25 for 5 reps. You thought you maxed out. Wow. I don't don't even think I maxed out. I just didn't know how to bench properly and that helped me bench better well that's what i'm saying like you thought that you you were just done you thought this was your limit but but you realized that you there were just tech, things of you know technique technical issues you know things that you could incorporate into your repertoire that would just help you perform better and yeah now you're there yeah yeah that, so, that's what i meant yeah. and i've been i've been incorporating incorporating that with all of my exercises i've learned how to properly recruit all the muscles i need for a given workout Mm-hmm. So, it's very, very important. I mean, and going back to the stretching, I think stretching is the worst thing to do before, especially lifting, because stretching all it all it's doing is putting your muscles in a new range of motion. Oh. So okay. say say I'm doing I'm sitting down and my legs straight out in front of me, and I'm trying to stretch my hamstring, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. cool, I, I gained that new range of motion, but I have no control in that range of motion. So, say I'm doing something like a straight leg deadlift, which is focused on your hamstrings. 
if I get to that new range of motion, I won't be able to control the weight and I'll end up injuring myself. So it'll probably make you make you more injury prone because you don't have that control on that new range of motion. And that's why and that's why mobility exercises are far superior before the workout because it gives you strength in those ranges of motion. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it really sounds like what what I need or what what most folks would need is you know somebody to you know be there with and like hey you know we're going to be doing this workout or you know this is some kind of written written instru- instructions you know we're going to be doing this workout before you do this make sure that your body is prepared and don't do these specific things like you know like you said with the hamstring deadlifts or a straight leg deadlifts excuse me you don't want to stretch out that hamstring too much in the in the um, you know opposite direction of contraction because like you said you don't have control. Well, just when you're stretching, like say your warm-up is stretching, right? Uh-huh. The whole point of stretching in general yeah. is to give you a better range of motion. But when you stretch, you don't necessarily gain strength in that range of motion. You don't gain control of your body in that range of motion. Okay. So you can do you can do a lot of like mobility exercises to help you with that mm. and help you increase your weight on your straight-legged deadlift. But... I I would not recommend stretching before any workout. So. Got you, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <sighs> you know, I can think of a couple times when I've gone to workout, and like I get into the gym. It's just typically what I do. I I just come in. I I run for about I don't know. Uh, it used to be distance. I used to say at least half a mile or something like that. But now it typically is like a no more than thirty minutes. Uh, no more than um. Yeah, but about half an hour I spend on the treadmill, and then I go about my workout once I'm, you know, fully drenched in sweat and, you know, heart rate's up, you know. That's when I typically go into my workout. Tell me what I'm doing wrong there. Tell me what I should be doing if I'm uh, going to lift to, to try to get uh, upper body gains or something like that. Well, what are your goals? I mean, I there's a number of different things I need to know before anything. It's like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Okay, so... um uh like i said upper body gains i want to um i want to do you know bench press curls um diff- different dumbbell exercises things like that uh work on tries as well as traps um like, like i'm just thinking about the typical dude workout you know well no I, I i think you're not understanding what i'm saying is what do you want to get out of your exercise do you want to gain weight lose weight you want to get more muscular slim down like what's yeah to get more muscular get more muscular well um what you're doing wrong is you're doing cardio probably because cardio or endurance exercise in general it sends an adaptation signal to hey we need to get better at running and the best way to get better at running is to lose weight and the easiest way to lose weight is to lose muscle on your body because that's heavier than the fat on your body. Ooh, so, okay. It's when you're when you're running, it's sending that signal like, "Hey, we need to get better. Let's lose some of this muscle mass." Mm. And then you're going into the gym and you're like, "Hey, I want to gain this muscle mass." So, first thing I would do is cut out running. Mm. And like I said earlier in the other episodes, earlier episode or two, you need to do heavier weight, lower reps for about two-ish weeks, two to three weeks, because that's usually when the adaptation is 
when you get completely adapted to a workout. Mm -hmm. So, and then after that two to three weeks, I would switch off and do like a higher rep, slower tempo, all that stuff. So, and just again, warming up properly, mm -hmm. it would be the best, best way. All right, man. So uh, when, when you walk into the gym, uh, like what, what, let me, I guess, uh, ask you first, like what, what are your workout goals? Well, um, right now, I'm not I'm not really worried about gaining or losing any muscle mass or weight anything like that. I'm more fo focused on practicing movements, getting my posture as best as it can be. Okay. And uh just overall refining all my techniques. So I go I don't go into the gym and do high, any high intensity stuff or lift a shit ton of weight. I'm just I'm there. I might even say I'm doing squats one day or my leg exercises squats one day. Mm -hmm. I might not even throw any weight on. I'll just do the bar and really focus on the, my movement and how I'm doing it to, to improve it, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas let's say a month or two, a month or two ago, I was really focusing on gaining weight. And that's when I was going a decent, decent intensity, going real heavy. And I've, I saw my weight go up probably five or 10 pounds mm. over the two month period. And all my lifts went up probably 7%. So it just, it, it all depends. Like when I walk into the gym, like right now, I'm really focusing on mobility. I'm doing a bunch, I'm doing a lot more mobility drills than I used to. And when I get into the workout, I'm I'm really focusing on form, overweight or anything like that. So when doing you know your more recreational activities, like I know you know shoot bow and arrow, archery, or uh, you're doing skateboarding or anything like that, um, stuff like that can definitely be a workout. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, just talk about talk a bit about you know what what you know when people are just living their you know their daily lives. Uh, whatever level of activity they, they typically get at. Talk about what things they should do um, to, to prepare for that, you know? Well, um, if, say you like walking a lot and you walk, let's say, 20,000 steps every day. That's really high. That's, you are, you are more than likely burning a lot of, a lot of calories with that yeah. walking. Yeah. 10,000 is where people usually walk to maintain. So mm -hmm. say you're walking 20,000. Or you're hiking. Let's say you're a hiker. I lied. But we're changing it I am it a up. hiker, actually. Yeah. So you're a hiker. Really, what you should be focused on prepping beforehand mm -hmm. is just making sure your hips are ready and stabilized. So I would do a lot of... I would do a couple, like, single leg movements, like single leg, touch the ground, come up, come back, just to help stabilize yourself because... That's really important when you're out hiking, you if you so you won't fall. Okay. And I would also work on a lot of ankle stability too, like just making sure your balance and your stability is there. Um, say you skateboard or play soccer, that's a whole different story. Soccer, you're really you're really focused on that that explosion and the the speed of the game. So you really want to be focusing on like high intensity interval training uh a lot of a lot of power movements so say i'm doing a squat all right 
where power is generated is the transition from going down to up. So where when you're when you just get down to the bottom of your squat, it's how fast you can propel yourself back up to uh to the end end of the See, squat. I was out working with some of my friends the uh, the other day, and this is something that my brother, football player, he's, he's taught me many many years ago. I've always done squats that way, exactly as you described them. And my friends, the, the, like I, I got down, I hadn't done squats in a minute, so I was stretching a bunch. And then I did my first uh, rep. And before I'm even like down again for the second one, they were like busting out laughing, just cracking up. So like I, you know, I, I uh, racked the, the bar and I'm like, what? Like, like what did I do? Like, like I thought my pants ripped or something like really funny like happened. Now they were just cracking up because they said you went down so slow and then you just like jumped like a frog. And I'm like, dude, get off my back. That's how you're supposed to do squats. Like, I'm, I'm, you know? Yeah, I, I guess it depends on your goal again. Because mm. for, I mean, you you decelerating very slow is good for hypertrophy. It's good for muscle growth and all that stuff. Mm. And that from the bottom, how you exploded to the top, that's really good for power. But if you're not really focused on power, you don't have to go up as fast. It's, mm. it's just, it doesn't really matter if your goal is just to gain weight. Or gain muscle. Okay. I think I think that's fine what you're doing. Okay. Really focusing on that descent though is where all that muscle starts to grow. Mm. Because I I'll have to figure out how to explain this in a later episode, but just so you know, the eccentric or the down of the exercise is the best way to build muscle. So if you really mm. want to build muscle Focus on that way down or the eccentric portion. So what you're telling me is if I want to like build my upper body muscles better, I need to do like uh, like handstand push-ups. Is that what you're telling me? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just, just silly. <laughs> I would say the best best tempo uh-huh. to get more muscle definition or grow muscle is I would say a one second down. Say you're doing a pen- bench press, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going down for four seconds. You're pausing for one second, and you're one second on the way up. Okay. So, so that's one, two, three, four. It's six. Pull. Yeah. Push. Yeah. For for a solid one. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I like that though because uh, you know, it incorporates it incorporates a lot of like control elements. You know that you definitely need when you're when you're doing these kinds of workouts. Um, if you can't do that. Like you said uh, earlier in an earlier episode, it's about you know how many reps can you go till failure, till you know till you have to compromise the system, you know, so to speak, in order to get it up. Uh, you want to stop before that ever happens. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I am against two failure exercises for the average person. Mm. Let me clarify: it's for the average person. I do not agree with going to failure every time. Mm-hmm. Now, where that where I see that happening differently is say it's the end of the end of the workout mm-hmm. and or end of the exercise for you doing a certain muscle group. Mm-hmm. I could see that coming into play for like an athlete, but for the average person, frequency I feel is more important than intensity. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to know, man. That's good to know. Ah, oh, man. It's been a long week, Miguel. that? You ready for Thanksgiving? I am ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready for all this working out I have to do after. Like, I feel like this is going to be a mad dash on the gym. 
between Thanksgiving and Christmas so that like you don't like get like a double holiday bonus, you know? Yeah. That freshman 15, man, it'll turn into a freshman 30 real quick. Big, big tip for everybody. <laughs> the best way to counteract Thanksgiving is to have a high metabolism. And with that, how to get that is through heavy lifting, mm. heavy low rep lifting. High, like five by five, five steps by five rep lifting. Gotcha. And it raises your metabolism so you won't have to worry about Thanksgiving. That's what I'm about to do for this workout today. Alright, man. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just so sick of this week. I had I had two big exams this uh this week. One of them was just this morning. I got the first one back already and I got a one hundred percent on it and I am just so freaking stoked. But this one that I took this morning, man. You bombed it. I definitely did not bomb it. Uh, it, my issue is I got two. I got two C's on the last two exams that we took. Um, both of them I felt so confident. I felt like I was going to get A's on these, but I got C's on them. See, that's the worst because it's every time I feel like I failed it is when I pass it. So I know when I when I feel like I pass, it, I'm like, well, ready to retake this bitch. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's maybe that's what's gonna happen on this one. Like this is the one that I'm the least confident about, and probably well, watch me get an A on it come next week i don't know hey, who knows we'll see that we'll i see think that. i think that's an interesting concept speaking on the on the thing of test taking mm-hmm. i think it's a very interesting concept that people think they are bad test takers i i was there too i thought i was a bad test taker but it's just we haven't refined that skill i mean mm-hmm. you're not really bad at anything you just haven't learned it to your fullest potential you haven't had someone who is more knowledgeable in the area show you the proper way or the best way or the the best way to do it yeah basically yeah i think i get i know what you're getting at um that that's kind of the uh what's the phrase uh the the brain is a muscle theory that you know uh if you want this thing to be stronger or quote unquote better at doing this particular math equation like or algebra in general if you want to be better at doing algebra the solution is to practice algebra and you know, for a lot of things that really really does hold true you need you want to know how to work this you want like you want to know how to solve a whole entire sheet of algebra equations practice solving entire sheets of algebra equations and i have two very good stories to uh to go along with this mm-hmm. so it was just after high school i was on my way to being a real adult right <laughs> I had college and everything ready went into my first semester of college like as soon as I got into my bio one class, mm-hmm. they were like, test on Friday. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I got this. Didn't study. I was like, this is nothing. Fail it. Absolutely bomb it. I was, I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, might as well fucking drop out now. <laughs> Plot <laughs> twist, I actually did the next semester. But, but, and it's not funny, after, it's at the end of that test, he was like, okay, test next friday i'm like all right i'm not fucking failing this again i'm really putting my my guns to it and i'm going for it Mm -hmm. i studied the whole next week day for day at least two hours a day and 100 percent on the quiz i'm like i'm like just a coincidence whatever (laughs) next test i fucking failed it because i didn't study Uh, i'm like i think there's a pattern here if you study and you really really put your mind to it and really learn the material you're gonna get it Mm-hmm. And I said I was a bad test t- taker. I've always said that since I was in elementary school, probably. Mm-hmm. And just seeing how big of a difference between the two, 
of me not studying and me studying my ass off. It's just insane to me how I could ever think that I was a bad test taker. It's just I didn't try. I was I was just being lazy. <laughs> and the big and the second story was I hated reading as a kid. I I didn't like it. I was no good at it. I always had my mom read my book projects that I needed to do no, in elementary school. Yeah. Oh. And in middle school and in middle school when we had the summer reading log, uh-huh. I just wrote down random books and my mom signed off on them. Dang. I hated it. Oh. Man. After high school, I was like, man, I really want to read what like my uh, the people I look up to read, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've probably read seven or eight of their the books that they've read now, and I'm in love with reading. So it's it's all a mental thing. You gotta you gotta practice it, and you really gotta put forth the actual effort to do it, to actually learn it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm not gonna like I'm just gonna stop oh, doing it. I guess I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a really oh, interesting man. concept. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and that 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 theory, um, um, was it muscle mind theory? I think that's what that I think that's what it's called. I might be completely wrong, but let's just call it that from here on out. Muscle mind theory, like the idea that like your brain is a muscle, and to learn something you just need to flex it out. That definitely works in a lot of situations, but there are times. Um, I feel like you typically see this when you get up into higher learning, where um, or you know, like college, you know, collegiate learning stuff like that, or whatever you're uh if you're ever going to like teach yourself something where like that type of stuff just isn't going to cut it it's not about like you know repetition it's it's more like uh like system recognition or categorical recognition like you just need to uh you need to be able to look at this and just know like hey this is a uh, a certain type of variable and these types of variable go in go in these types of categories um, I, you see this a lot in mathematics. You see this a lot in various kinds of sciences, where it it doesn't really. It's not something that you can practice. It's you have to recognize. It. You have to put like a filter over your eyes, so to speak. Um, uh, like if you're a biologist, for example, you go out into the into the world. You're looking for uh, different types of uh, insects. You don't. Uh, you don't like. It's not like you can find and or just a random insect or like a random ant crawling along the ground and just say, okay, you know, oh, what variable is this in the in the algebraic equation? You know, how much practice do I have to do to know? No, you just have to be able to look at this and identify its various properties. Um, it has this many legs, it has this many uh, individual body parts, a head, an abdomen, and a what's the third one? Thorax. Yeah, thorax. Thanks. Um, head out in the thorax. That moment, that moment when you're in class and you know the answer, but you don't think you're right. <laughs> thorax. Thorax. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in general, you just got to be able to uh, recognize. You got to be that kind of a machine that just like it just it sees something, it just scans the barcode, and that's that's all on a whole other level of uh, of like learning. Um, but but here's the awesome part about that. Where does that type of learning come from? It's not exactly practice uh, of the same kind that like you have a whole bunch of you know, formulas and you, you just run through them. It's more so you, you go out into the world and you get experience. Like you said earlier, you get that professional person to tell you, to show you examples of different things that are in various categories. Specifically because you know what the various categories are. You know what uh, what what specific things you'll need to see to be able to put this t- particular insect into the 
the arthropod category. I mean, all insects are arthropods, but uh, you catch my drift. And if you if you see something that that completely doesn't fit that, you know what you you know what you found. You found something completely new. You know, you found something completely new. Um, and it's all because of the the category, the categorical way of thinking. If that makes sense. I hope yeah. I, I hope I've been in a, a good. No, enough, uh, that was that was oh. very good. That was a very good explanation. Yeah. Thanks, man. Ain't no problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So what was your what was your topic that you wanted to talk about? I know we got yeah. a little off track with that. Wow, who cares, man? <laughs> uh, it was gonna be something about history, but uh, while we were speaking, I, I learned I, I I learned I thought of something totally better. Uh, I should I totally should have said this from the beginning. Um, just yesterday in uh, my club's meeting last night, uh, entrepreneurship club, we did this amazing activity. It's called the marshmallow challenge. Uh, it's not it's not no chubby bunny thing. It's not like put a marshmallow in front of your kid for. Uh, however long and if they don't eat it they get two no it's not that it's not that basically what it is is uh you and a team of three other people you get uh 20 individual pieces of spaghetti uncooked uh a marshmallow one yard of tape and one yard of string and you're competing against uh, other teams of four and the goal is to build the tallest standing structure whoever has the tallest standing structure wins the prize ours was a bag of marshmallows uh you know, I won, by the way, just, just throwing that out there because I'm a genius. But <laughs> in any event, uh, this event, so much fun. Like, I cannot oversell this type of, an, of a thing. You only have 18 minutes. Like, it's like the regulation rules, only 18 minutes. And um, let me just give you the rundown of how this typically goes for, for, for every type of group, okay? Most people, here's what they do. They spend all their time building this... Uh, you know, tall, kind of rickety, but but very very tall structure out of the spaghetti and the tape. Most people don't even use the the, the string or the yarn or whatever. Um, but they spend all their time doing that, probably upwards of sixteen minutes, putting together this tall thing, and then within like the last th- two to three minutes, they then go to try to put the marshmallow on top, and the weight of that just makes the whole thing fall apart and crumble or wobble, and it's just it's just a mess. That's that's just about what everybody does with this. What this uh, activity really teaches you, though, and the main lesson that I took away from it is that if you have a goal, the best way to reach that goal, all along the way, make small incremental things. You want to get this marshmallow off the off the ground? Make as small of a structure as possible that can stand and get this marshmallow off the ground. Okay, now that we've got that, only two three minutes have gone by. What can we do to improve upon this structure? And now we've got this marshmallow about three or four inches off the ground. By the way, most times when, when these contests are run, the, the most difficult thing is to actually get a standing structure. It's not even about getting the tallest. Most groups won't even get something that functions because they spend too much time trying to build the tallest possible thing. Sometimes, the, 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 we watched a TED talk about this afterwards, um, and uh, the... the not the person who had invented this game, but a person who's facilitated it for a number of years. He said, I can't tell you how many games I've seen where a small one-inch pyramid wins. He talked about a $10,000 prize that they gave out to a one-inch pyramid because everybody else was trying to build, like, a massive dinosaur-looking thing. Like, you know, trying to just... It, it's about what works. And then once you get something that works, you build on that. Uh, another phrase that, that kind of goes very... Uh, very much it's very much in kind with this this uh lesson from this exercise is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good 
if you got something that works, if you got a structure that stands, you know, that's so much better than what the ideal structure would be. Because that's gonna take way longer than 18 minutes to do. You're gonna have to hire some architects and some engineers and some graphic designers and you ain't got time for that. You know, you, you just you just need something that works now. Mm. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you and uh, I see what your thoughts are. That is wild. And I honestly, if I were to be in that cha challenge, I probably would have been the people to try and make the tallest structure but i didn't even i didn't even think about it that way like hey we got it off the ground finally now let's build upon that I know. that's a really good that's a really good perspective to have on life though i mean mm -hmm. not just thinking about it, like hey i don't have to be perfect i just need to build on what i have mm -hmm. it's just like this podcast we are definitely not perfect in this podcast but we are starting to build on what we have we're start we're starting to get feedback and actually put it into practice to get ourselves better and better and better uh -huh. and i learned a lot of this in sports of course that's i learned i've learned almost everything life related into sports and i the biggest the biggest story or re recollection i have of that was uh -huh. that transition from high school i mean the select soccer to high school the skill gap is so big and i made so much progress in a short period of time because i figured out where i was at and how i figured out how i could improve upon that so yeah man i mean, I mean that, if you ask anybody who's ever been in any kind of situation like that even if they don't even if they didn't realize it themselves they're gonna tell you what they did and that's basically what it's gonna be yeah you know man. That's, uh, I mean, I feel like everybody needs to figure out that skill for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, of course. But I know that once everybody starts to do that, we're going to see, at least in the area we live in, with all the people we know, if everybody learned that skill, everybody's going to advance to tremendous, tremendous heights from there. Absolutely, you know? man. The, like, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, that that's an ethic, so to speak. Uh, that the ethics are are sort of guiding principles, um, and that ethic right there, incremental improvement, always incremental improvement. That ethic right there, like you said, will take you. It's, it will take you to high places. It really will. It really will. Um, just to share this, after we finish the exercise, and we watch this TED talk. This guy was kicking all this knowledge. He talked about, um, he said the most, the, co the consistently most successful group of people are first graders. Not only do they tend to build the tallest successful structures, um, they, they build the most creative ones. I saw this one that was like, like a three-legged alligator with like its nose up in the air. It was, it was really sick. Out, out of, out of freaking uncooked spaghetti noodles, tape and yarn. These freaking yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was insane, man. It was insane. But uh, it, that tells you a lot about human nature, right there. Because they're little kids; they're, they're not doing any politicking or power jockeying. You know, in this little this little club of three or four people, they got their heads on straight, man. Some on some things, they really do. Uh, some of that stuff gets beat out of us as we go through life. Yeah, that's yeah. that is for sure. Yeah. All the corruption that your brain gets as you age, especially this day and age with social media and how prevalent social media is in life yeah man and all the news stories always showing you all the bad and hardly ever the good you know mm -hmm. 
that's that is something good to talk about because without prevalent social media is in society there is definitely a lot of things that are corrupting corrupting like the generations like our generations and below you know uh, and i feel like the more and more social media becomes like popular i guess uh-huh. as if it's not popular enough right it's just going to get worse until some until something happens whether it's we all revolt against social media and just stop it or people start regulating which i don't like either because then mm-hmm. people can just throw what they want in it I, there has to be a way to to get all this to- toxicity out of it and all the hey pick a side here's mm-hmm. here's why you should be on my side yeah oh my god like I, I'm, I'm no super conservative person but there's this one conservative that i love to listen to and he put it this way he said uh you can have all the the righteous and just laws uh, that you would want in a country, but if you don't have a righteous and just people, uh, you're never going to get get you know good results. You know, if you want there to be less you know mob like social media mobbing, or you want to less like fake news or whatever spread or whatever thing that you're about, get off, get away, put your phone down. You know, turn off the Twitter every once in a while. Follow us on Twitter, by the way. Um, but but you, you feel me like if you if you actually want to um, if you want things in that that area of life to be better you know do do your part try to try to if you want to have a political discussion find a person find a person who's like in front of you who can breathe and who you can speak to and talk with them there face to face none of this keyboard warrior internet BS what is that gonna get you nowhere. And people are so much more hateful on the internet, too. Oh, Lord. Because you they would like, never say some of the stuff they say to your face. Yeah, the, the anonymity like that, that protects them. It's the fact that it's some random person in the YouTube comments who yeah. just say whatever they want, you know? I yeah, think that's, that's, hard, that's fucking stupid, in my opinion. I think but, it's hilarious. Well, it's funny, but it's, <laughs> it it's also stupid yeah. that that is a thing, you know? I, I but, say... Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. I say hilarious because... Uh, like, oh, you actually thought, like, this was going to be, like, super impactful. <laughs> That's a good one, man. Like, like you thought that this person was going to read their YouTube comments and be like, oh, this person said I'm a cuck. Oh, my. That's the one thing I needed. That's the kick in the pants I needed to, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. Well, I mean, if you think about it, some people do really take some of those things to heart. Yeah. And they don't even know the people. Like, I, the term cyberbullying is... I mean, it's a real thing, but I think Mm -hmm. it's fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, there should be no reason for that to be a thing. And again, cyberbullying, bullying in general, it's kind of been over-dramatized throughout the years because back when my parents were kids, they probably went through more shit than that, and it wasn't, like, the technicality of bullying, bullying, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole different subject. But just the fact that people get empowered by that like hey i'm insecure so i'm just gonna rip on this youtube channel to make me feel better it's just fucking stupid to me Mm-mm-mm. yeah man but um you know forget about all that stuff about pulling oh god it makes me sick to, you know I, I i do i totally empathize with uh you know the, the kid who was getting picked on i mean i think back to times when i was getting picked on a lot but like you said they're we kind of gerrymandered the language a little bit you know the bullying back in the day was was you know very specific things 
um and in, in a way they still are like social ostracization you know you're you're kicked out of the group you're out of the club or you know you're on everybody's blacklist so to speak and then physical you know attacks and stuff like that everything else kind of goes it's just a part of socialization that, that's how it used to be like oh getting picked on by other kids a bit is something you need to you know tough up to, to toughen up um and on some of those fronts like like that one in particular I think that, you know, maybe adults who are around should, you know, like say, hey, knock it off. We don't, you shouldn't be doing that because it's not a, not a mature behavior. So in, in the interest of, you know, creating mature adults, we should want to curb that behavior. But at the same time, there has to be some kind of balance. Every little thing that comes out of a kid's mouth that another kid doesn't like shouldn't be police. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is fucking Because now stupid. think about what you're doing. You just taught kids that mature adults police every little thing that comes out of their mouth and then they go out to the world and they meet they meet a mature adult and they're like what you said that you can't say that and then 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 we have a whole other problem because now they believe that there is supposed to be an entity or a group or something like that that's supposed to police and patrol what, what people are allowed to say and do it's like no 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 where did and obviously where do you think that idea came from when they were on the playground and somebody policed yeah. every little thing they said and did but uh, you know, back to the back to the um, uh, project uh, yeah. activity that we had in our club. Uh, one of the things we did is uh, you know, before we started, we had about a solid two minutes to strategize. Um, now the way that it was conducted, uh, our president he didn't exactly like research on what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. So here's what my idea was. Okay, here's what we were gonna do. <laughs> we were gonna build. The, the spaghetti tower along the table, okay? We're gonna build it along the table, super long, just like completely stretched out, and one piece of the spaghetti, on and then turn the table on the side. Exactly. And oh, look, tallest spaghetti structure. Clearly, put the marshmallow on top, make sure it's all taped to the table. Sick. The way that he had explained it, he didn't tell us that it had to be a freestanding structure, uh, you know, completely, completely uh, self supporting. Um, you know, besides the ground, of course, but yeah. the door. Um, so <laughs> there was that. Uh, another group, their idea was to tape the marshmallow to the ceiling <laughs> and then build it down to the floor. That's <laughs> so a good the, one. So, yeah, I know that is a good one. So the second that he said start, they started stacking chairs up <laughs> and they started going. <laughs> oh my God, it was, it was so funny. Because like, he was just like standing there watching us do this for like a, a solid couple of minutes. Just like, what are they doing? And then I see like I see him like realize like this is probably legal. So like he goes on his phone and starts like scrolling through uh, the wiki the wiki page for this. Like oh my god! And then he comes up. He said, okay, well, guys, wait, 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 wait. You can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my god! But um, but uh, it is it is interesting just to see what where everybody's mind goes when they when they get a challenge. You know, everybody's trying to think outside of the box. You know, and just figure stuff out. I love that about people, man. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, what was your what was your winning idea then? Oh, um, the activity. Well, uh, let me step back a bit. Um, at eighteen minutes, uh, one group did have a standing structure. And they technically won. Um, theirs was like, I don't even know, like uh, a solid foot off the ground, which is pretty good. Um, it was like a janky, janky pyramid. Uh, that's that's the best way to describe it. Um, but what he, uh, what the president did is after he showed us the TED talk, he gave us, uh, I think, three or four more minutes to continue building the structure. 
Um, and we ended up building like a giraffe-like thing. It had five legs, uh, so to speak, and a tall, like arching head that went up about a foot and a half. But the issue was <laughs> when we were constructing it, we had the marshmallow on it and we weren't thinking about it. The whole time that the marshmallow was on it, it slowly but surely like caused the head to droop down Wow, after the weight of the marshmallow got to be a bit on the spaghetti, it started it slowly but surely started to droop down, and one of the tape tape joints that we had on there actually broke. So then when we had to like reattach it, it just wasn't as high as it was. Uh, so it, it was about to like a foot and an inch. And yeah, yeah, it was literally yeah we measured it. It was literally one inch higher than the competitions was. So that's their same janky pyramid. Technically, they won the first round, but we won the second round. Um, so what we what we decided to change was. Uh, um just, just add each time that we made uh the the main arm or the main like neck of the giraffe so to speak taller we put a new support on it um and as as the sports got higher and higher we had to say okay we're gonna we're eventually gonna have to keep putting more legs on this you know that the incremental improvement of making it higher you also need more support um on each part we decided like at a certain point, we're gonna we're gonna run out of uh, you know pieces of spaghetti to support for each little piece that we're putting up on top. So uh, we kind of just had to call it quits eventually, um, and put the rest of the spaghetti in the support in it. But in the end, yeah, we won. It was a lot of fun. We learned a lot. Uh, we learned about that ethic, you know, that way to think, that that thing that drives it forward, and uh, I think it'll think it'll do well for us going forward as a club. Oh, I bet. And how is the business going for the signs? That is a long story, um, and uh, I'm also going to have to say a story for another time. Uh, if, if you'd like, um, our next guest that, that we have coming on, uh, he's playing for this Sunday. Uh, he's actually the president of this club, Entrepreneurship Club, on Wright State's campus. Um, I guess you could ask him. Um, I, I have a couple of things I do want to tell you about after we stop recording. Really, really interesting stuff, but uh, for, for now, I'm just going to have to call it there on All that right. issue. And I think we are done, man. Really? Yeah. Jeez, how long have we been recording? Ah, 45 minutes. Nothing too crazy. It did not feel like 45 minutes. No, nah, dude, it didn't. Wow, wow. Sometimes when you just show off in the world and you're focused on something, time, I know. time oh. just flies, man. For those who don't know, we are in another new recording spot in my gaming room of my apartment. It's a lot smaller. I'm about to check the footage after this to see if there's any extra background noise so mm -hmm. bear with me and yeah that was that's the new recording spot i think i'm gonna do like a 360 on instagram just like show the show the area if you're cool it, with that. yeah dude i don't care it's just a small little room uh-huh all right cool yeah man so uh i've been marcus i've been nico and this was porch talk thanks for listening